Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Recorded live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the program on a Sunday night. I'm your host, Chris Wassel. With me, as always, is Mr. Timothy Rosenthal. Good evening, Timmy. Uh, so as we speak right now, the Penguins have given up five goals, and uh, I'm just wondering, do they give up another 10 spot tonight? They might come close, and you know what? We can say this legitimately now. It's Blake Wheeler's fault. Yep, it sure is. Only a hat trick. I think he's good for at least um, another goal, maybe even two. I- I'm kind of hoping so. My one fan, my fantasy, one fantasy team that's hurting really bad could use every last bit of help. Considering um, when you're in a salary cap league and you think you have a couple good goalies and they've been awful all year, uh, trade Tuka. Um, <laughs> it's just bad. Um, you, you hope for any help that you can get. Uh, folks, kind of a strange night tonight, or poetic, depending on how you view things. Uh, it's the fifth anniversary of Superstorm Sandy, and tonight we're kind of getting some sort of storm that feels kind of like Sandy in a way, uh, just without the and extreme very ridiculous scale. Yeah, it's a, Sandy, it's a mini. It's a mini Sandy. Um, I think every five years we're going to have these type of storms. Because we all know climate change is real. Everyone knows that. And that's right. the only time I'm go- going political tonight. So, Yeah. So I'm figuring in 10 to 15 years we have the ice age that goes with it. Just, yeah. to, pi- just to piss off both sides. That's, yep. that's, that's the plan. Well, yep. Our greenhouse gas emissions will go, will melt the ice cap so much that we're just going to freeze to death. And yep. in comes the ice age, the second ice yeah, age. Crapper. So that means that you kids in Florida that think you're getting all this nice weather come 2035 or so? Yeah. No. Northeast is going to be the place to be, baby. Um, all all kidding aside, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as always, there's thankfully not a lot of hockey to talk about tonight, but there's enough to keep things reasonably moving. Um, anybody wants to uh, come on in? Eh, most of our listens are from downloads anyway that's okay uh the phone number is one seven two four 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 seven four 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 and the pin number to dial in is one three nine two three seven hit one impound or that might be the self-destruct code either way um normally we would lead off with some of the you know headline news and such but Timmy, just doesn't feel like that tonight. No. We must lead off with that goddamn bastard, the Injury Ninja, who keep, who has now literally ruined Halloween in South Philly. Mm-hmm. Or was that a Russian? Either, either way, the tampering was noticeable. Um, yeah. 
All right, sorry, Toronto Maple Leaf fans. We had to go there, but hey, it, it was needed. Uh, this week, Timmy, some not- notable victims, obviously, that, that ghost person that we've talked about. Um, David, I, I can't call him day-to-day crutchy anymore. He's actually week-to-week. Shame shame on you, TSN, for slacking on this. I want a week-to-week label for, for these injuries, um, or at least some of them. All right, let's see. The more notable ones. Uh, Cam Fowler's out four to eight weeks, Timmy, with what's believed to be a torn knee ligament or ligaments, depending on who you believe. You know, probably like a great – it's probably like a significant grade two MCL tear. That's what it seems – the timeline seems to fit with the – not the crime, but the injury in this case. Um, And then there's this one. Okay, kids. Now, when you do the Superman punch, it helps not to hit the the nose. Okay. Oh, you know, three door, three door, three doors down said it best. You know, don't call me Superman. You know, you're superhuman. I'm the injury ninja. I am kryptonite. Um, Number one, we're calling three doors down. I never thought we'd see the day. Number two. That Superman punch looked worse than Roman Reigns' Superman punch. I agree. Technique-wise, it wasn't the greatest. Yeah, technique, yeah. It's just bad. Just as bad as Roman Reigns, but that's another story for another podcast for another time. Exactly. Uh, BXO will be out a few weeks, so, again, I mean, that might be a blessing for Anaheim at this point. Um, Anaheim actually won 4-3 in the shootout over... The Carolina Hurricanes tonight. Um, okay, anyone from that 2011 uh, Cup final team in Vancouver, if you don't see them in the lineup, just unless it's the Sedins who might produce a point or two every other night, just be blessed that you don't have them on your fancy teams. Maybe Kessler too, but that's about it. Yeah, it's true. I mean, well, Ryan Kessler we won't see till 2018 anyway. So. Yes, or at least safe there. Obviously, like we said, uh, Patrick Eves, um, you know, suffering from Guillain Barr syndrome. He should be back in a. At least it was caught early. Uh, what people don't realize is that it's deadly if caught too late. Uh, so, again, probably early 2018 for for a return for Eves, and it's unfortunate because look, Eves between Dallas and Anaheim did score 31 goals last year. So. It is another significant blow that Anaheim really didn't need to suffer from. No. Oh, by the way, Ryan Getzloff took a puck to the face, and he's now day-to-day. So they're, they're going to keep an eye on him for the next the next couple days. It didn't appear to be all that serious. I think he even came back and played as well. So, yeah, as, as we've seen with a few in, instances this year where the spotter didn't quite get to – yeah, I know, the concussion spotter. Yeah, about that, kids. Concussion spotters are not created equal, as you may or may not know. Uh, Arizona still got a bagel, mostly because Anti Ranta hasn't played in about oh, two weeks. So, again, day-to-day and still. Louis mystery Dominique, mystery. he's on... I believe he's on waivers as well. Am I not mistaken there? Ah, uh, yes, he has been. He has been waivered because 
well, let's face it, Scott, <laughs> cardboard cutout arguably could be better at this point. Um, but, you know, Scott Wedgwood, who was traded from, from New Jersey to Arizona while he was in New Jersey, mind you, and so was Arizona, obviously, yesterday, uh, for a fifth-round 2018 pick, which I don't agree with at all, just because Keegan Cade sucks, and that's it. He's an Irish goalie, and if your goalie is going to try and look like John Wick, at least play like John Wick in that, and unfortunately, Keith Kincaid cannot do that. Um, I, I have to find the one pitcher I saw, Timmy. Kincaid really is kind of a dead ringer for, for John Wick. It, it's real scary. Um, I, I was I was surprised. I, I caught like an image, and I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, but again, as for Ranta, probably... God only, God only knows because I thought he would have been put on the IR by now. It is kind of something that started small, it's reoccurring, it's still there, and it's annoying, and now it's just ridiculous. Um, let's see, Boston, Spooner, still dead. Um, yeah, groin abductor tears are really bad. Um I hope Boston fans aren't expecting him before, much before December. December the that's not original happening. prognosis, I believe, was six weeks or so, six to eight weeks. Yeah, yeah I'm thinking you're leaning right eight. between Thanksgiving and the start of December. Yeah, I think, I think at you're looking at the time of the injury, that is. Yeah, I think you're looking pretty much at, at something like a mid-December return. If the if they're smart, because there's no sense in rushing that. That that's an injury that easily gets re-injured. And well, we know. Oh, at, wait, that's Adam McQuaid's specialty. Um, gets injured, then re-injured, then injured some more, and then the, there was enough of an injury for the injury to be injured. Yes, that was a lot of injuries to digest them in one sentence, but it was really true. Uh, like we said, David Crouchy is out a few, a couple weeks at least with his week-to-week upper body injury. Yeah, yeah, I know. and he will be out Monday. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, upper that, body. Even, that is the upper, only thing we know. I, I, I laugh at this only because it's an upper body injury, even though it's clearly his lower back. Yes, even though Wouldn't that, it's considered yeah. upper body. Go figure. Wouldn't that be a middle body injury? Or a body injury? I have no idea. Yeah, that's a good question. It really is. Um, Buffalo, for those that don't know, yeah, they have a, they have four defensemen out right now. Yeah, ouch. Um, and their shootout specialist is out too. So, yeah, yeah they're kind of hurting. Uh, Calgary, Yarmir uh, Yager's just been put on the IR. Actually, I think it was put on the IR yesterday. I'm sorry about that. Uh, with a with Yager's annual groin injury. I hate to say it, but for the people listening, the Captain Obvious statement is this. This probably is the year that Yager finally says goodbye. Um, you know, he's had these little groin injuries in the past. This is a, a bit more significant. And you do kind of have to wonder at what what juncture do you go? Hmm, maybe enough. You know, maybe playing for maybe playing for the team you own isn't so bad. And 
you won't have to play as many strenuous minutes or in the NHL for that matter. Um, let's see. Chicago, nothing really new. Uh, I still laugh. Well, I, it's not a fun laughing matter, but it, it still is kind of weird to see skin infection as an injury. So, but again, I digress. Uh, Colorado's starting to get its share of bumps, bites, and bruises. Uh, JT Comfer went out last week with a broken thumb. Uh, Tyson Yost uh, has a lower body injury that's going to keep him out at several weeks. Uh, Alexander Kerfoot and Gabriel Bork are now both out with upper body injuries. Uh, Al- that Will Butcher that Al- that Will Butcher trade is working out really good for New oh, quote unquote trade is working out really awesome for New Jersey, Timmy. I'm telling you. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I think um, right now he would be an early candidate for the one tenth of the season rookie of the year. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna joke about that and have like our October awards, almost like almost almost like spanning the globe. The old the old um, the old NBC Four New York bit that was really yeah. funny, just just to have the the rooster like just cock a doodle do and then croak over. Um, all right, let's see. Columbus, uh, Lucas Sedlak is on the IR with a high, at least a high ankle sprain. They're they, they're doing tests on it to see if it's you know broken. They may be doing tests again this week to see if it's broken or not. Um, ouch. Uh, let's see. Dallas, uh, Stephen Johns is well. He's got a concussion, so he's probably going to be out for another week at least. Uh, Detroit, and eh, not really much to see there. Uh, the Oilers, again, you know, a lot of short-term injuries. Florida, you know, Timmy, two weeks ago, Florida was pretty much healthy. We we weren't we weren't on the air last week, and then all hell broke loose. Um, Roberto Luongo is out, up, potentially up to a month with a hand injury. Uh, Jarrett McCann is out several weeks with a lower body injury. Now, Connor Brickley was injured um, late last week. He's out, and Colton Sevier is actually came back for one game. Timmy didn't even play the whole game, and is now day to day again with an AC joint injury. So, eh, ouch. Uh, let's see the Kings. Uh, Jeff Carter is out till past Thanksgiving, probably or somewhere close. Uh, Marion Gabrick is supposed to be skating this week. I can't believe it either. Um, uh, do we want to put in over-under on the amount of games he'll play this year? Ten. 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 I'll go ten. And then well, I figure he gets... I might, I might gets go a little over. I'm going to go 15 to 20 range this year. Mm-hmm. I think right. um, yeah, he'll surprise you in that regard. He'll probably score ten goals in that span, too, only to get... Uh, only Ouch. to get injured right in the 18-19 game mark. And 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 to think I'm the bad one here. Well, when you have an injury history, you have to bring it up. It is true. Uh, Minnesota, Zach Parisi had his... It, it wasn't a lobotomy, like some mentioned. Uh, he had a back procedure, basically, that will keep him out for 8 to 10 weeks. Um don't expect Parisi to be in 100% hockey shape until, again, 2018. So probably sometime in January. Uh, Nito Niederreiter could play as soon as Tuesday, which is great news for, for Minnesota 
Because let's face it, they've been god-awful dull at times to watch. And mostly because of the, you know, the injuries that they've suffered. Obviously, Granlin is just starting to get, you know, Granlin's basically having his training camp right now, Timmy. So, you know, you lose, you lose Granlin, Coyle, Niederreiter, and Parisi. It's going to hurt significantly. Um, you know, Charlie Coyle's out again for several months. And now Landon Ferrar apparently has been bit by the injury ninja. He has a hip contusion and is being... Could be placed on the IR retroactive to last week, so we'll see how how that goes. Uh, speaking of players that were placed on the IR for the goodness of the team, uh, Al Hemsky was placed on the IR retroactive to October 20th due to an upper body injury, or it could have been, yeah, an upper body injury. Like, um, yeah, that bad. Um, you know, looking looking through at some of these. Uh, Nikita Sherbach, who was called <laughs> called up by Montreal, promptly injured, and then and then waived, and then had his contract terminated. Oops. Ouch. Hey, talk about pain. Uh, yeah. Let's see Nash. Let's see Nashville. And talk about a shady way of doing business. A little shady. A little shady. Um, Nashville. Nick Benino still hurt. Ryan Ellis still hurt. Um, the Nashville Predators after the third period last night against the Islanders also still hurt. Um, Devils, uh, Kapamari has a knee injury that may keep him out for the Northwest Passage trip. It's something that at least keep an eye on. Uh, Marcus Johansson is questionable for that same trip. He suffered a lower body injury. Uh, on. This was weird. Now, he played on Friday, warmed up a little bit, and then couldn't go on Saturday. So, not quite sure what's going on here. Uh, We'll we'll keep an eye on it at least. Uh, Hey, Um, just like Krejci's injury, it's kind of weird. He even took warm ups before the Buffalo game. I know. It's like you start kind of wondering. It's like, oh, what the heck's going on? Uh, Ottawa, Bobby Ryan. Yeah, you broke your finger. I'm sorry. Um, that's too bad. Um, Chris, Chris Wyman has a neck sprain, which will keep him, might keep him out for another game or two. And Kyle Terrace, wash your hands. Seriously. I mean, I'm seeing too many flu, flu symptom type problems. Um, but yeah, he does have the flu. Stay away from him. <laughs> there was a few Ottawa players, unfortunately, that were kind of sick over the weekend. So, you know, wash your hands. Seriously, wash your hands. Uh, Philadelphia. Uh, sorry, kids. Andrew McDonald out six weeks. Some might think that's a Relief in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Normally, you may or may not be right. Uh, Nolan Patrick, number two draft pick. Uh-uh. Out with the concussion. He's day-to-day. I know nobody wants to say concussion, but it's a freaking concussion. If a player is actually wobbling around as they're going off the ice, off the ice to the locker room, it's generally a concussion. 
it walks like a concussion, talks like a concussion, then it must damn well be a concussion. Um, Shane Gossespierre. This is more interesting because Samuel Moran has already been called up, which suggests to me that he's going to be out for tomorrow, at least against Arizona. And then after that, no one knows. So Ghost looks like he will not play on Mischief Night. So no no Halloween ghost. Uh, at, and Flyers and yeah, Flyers fans are definitely booing. Again. Uh, 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 again. Well, sits new with that. Ah, darn. Let's see the Penguins. Other than getting systematically blown away tonight. Um, again. Again. The the the, the Penguins. Hey, to be fair, though, they haven't given up a goal yet this period. I know. That's actually progress. It is. Um, however, uh, Justin Schultz is out with a concussion. Justin Schultz seems to have a concussion like once every six months. Um, Even uh, when he's having career years like he did last year. Yeah, go figure. Even last year. Yeah, that's right. He did have one. Uh, San Jose, Paul Martin is getting closer to returning. He may return as soon as this week. <laughs> Question is, is does he actually be – do they actually not rush him back because of the play of their younger defenseman, which is a great question. Um, I, don't, I don't see them rushing him back, to be perfectly honest, because A, he's over 35, B, his skills have eroded a lot, and C, C, A, and B. Um, let's see the Blues Carter Hutton's left the team for personal reasons he's day to day on that Toronto Maple Leafs hey well other than um, James Van Riemsdyk being out with an undisclosed injury now Matt Martin has joined him that's a little bit different um, hmm, Vancouver Erickson out Thatcher out, Edler out. You, you, you get the idea. Um, let's see. Vegas. Subban will be out longer than Flurry. No one should be surprised by that. But it does look like Marc-Andre Flurry may come back as soon as this week. Um, we'll see. I, I guess that's the best way to describe it. Um, but stay tuned on that one. Washington. Nicholas Backstrom was sick the other day. He's better now. Um, Andre Burkowski's still out with an upper body injury. And now Brett Connolly. Yep. Another ex-Boston player hurt with a concussion. So um, he'll be someone to keep an eye on. Winnipeg, Adam Lowry and Matthew Perot still out. We're in the 90s for amount of injuries already, Timmy. And we haven't even hit November 1st. And we're well on our way to topping a hundred by next we're, week. We're, yeah, we're 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 getting there. It, it's not even a question of if at this point. Um, so, like like I've said to people, hey, it takes a little while to get through the injuries this time of year, just because there's fortunately just seemingly been a significant amount of injuries. And no one's rushing the injuries either. This point of year, yeah, this is kind of 
the time of year where everybody actually, dare I say, is a little more sensible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I forgot about this, Timmy. Um, and obviously, tomorrow, tomorrow, strangely enough, there's eight games on the schedule. It's Monday. I'm confused. It's it's a very confusing week because of where Halloween falls. Yeah. So so Monday's schedule is Tuesday, and Tuesday's is Monday, for what it's worth. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, and and Wednesday's kind of cool because there's three late games, and there's a lot of fun fun with some of these. Um. Uh, is there is this week's game actually considered a quote unquote rivalry? Because the um, NBC does get them right every once in a while. That's like mm-hmm. saying a blind squirrel does find an acorn every once in a while as well. I mean, Philly Chicago is not bad. Uh, no, I'll not. say that much. I, I can't complain. I mean, look, all right, Philly has the best. I, I can't believe I'm saying this just because of how bad Philadelphia was at 5-on-5 five five last year. But Philadelphia is the best 5-on-5 five five line in the league right now. And it's all because Claude Drew finally figured out that he has to move over to the wing to be more effective. Um, Where the Flyers actually found that out. One or the other. other. Yeah, it's a minor detail. But you're probably right, Timmy. It just sounds good. Uh, But, yeah, Philly and Chicago could be very entertaining on Wednesday. Um, Pittsburgh and Edmonton could suddenly be really entertaining, especially... Yeah, um, it could be something. That could be something else, especially if um, God, if Win- if Winnipeg pulls this, pulls this off again, I'm scared. I really am. Because um, let's see, Winnipeg is off all the way till Thursday. We won't mention that game on Thursday because that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, they may be playing a team that is equally adventurous as them. Um, so let's see. Toronto plays Sa- Toronto plays San Jose tomorrow night. By the way, cue the Patrick Marlowe storyline. Yep, that should be fun. That game's got to be on MB- NBC Sports Network, right? No, it is not. It's just a I- local game. I'm very surprised at that. I, yeah, I, I don't think NBC FN, yeah, NBC Sports Network. I don't think they have mm-hmm. the game because there's. Uh, looking at the uh, schedule, Arizona yeah, Philly is an NBC Sports Philly. Yeah, those are the only two "quote unquote" NBC hyperlocal games. So definitely hmm. not. Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, it's pretty goofy. I mean, all right. Here's another here's another interesting goofy thing with this week. Obviously, the Vegas Golden Knights getting off to a what seven and one start. It's just crazy. Seven and one, eight and one, nine and one, whatever they are. Yeah, they're 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 pretty good or something. <laughs> at least at least right now. But I mean, you look you can look really good. Eight and one, yep. Eight and one now. Oh, that's yeah. Wow, great job, Chris. Your math is awesome. But you know, I started looking at this, and it's it's kind of the obvious. It's like, gee, guys, you played an awful lot of games at home. 
<laughs> now, this isn't to discredit Vegas by any means. Right. Um, let's see. They also played Detroit, which I mean, the irony is they lost to Detroit. Yeah. That's I think that's, the goose, that's their only loss. Was, and that was at home, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the game that Marc-Andre Fleury got knocked out, and they didn't really spot the concussion right away because the concussion symptoms didn't appear right away. Um, but, yeah, time. I mean, yeah. So, let's see. Vegas has played Arizona twice. They played Dallas, which, I mean, actually, Dallas ran them out of the building, and Marc-Andre Fleury stood on his head. And Let's Ben see. Bishop got hurt. And ben yeah. Bishop got Ben Bishop got hurt. He got the puck to the throat. Then Vegas scored two goals. James Neal or something, something, something. Um, all right, so that was that game. They played Boston. Yeah, something Malcolm Subban, something, something. Um, then Malcolm Subban got hurt. For the Saint. And then Oscar Dance started against St. Louis. Well, he came in in the St. Louis game. Top 29-31 against Chicago, of all teams. And then, of course, Friday night, when we're all sitting in in the press box for the uh, Ottawa-New Jersey game, uh, Vegas had their Vegas day, where the game started at 6 o'clock Eastern time, which is 3 o'clock out there. And we're all just marveling. It's like 3 nothing, 4 nothing. 5 nothing. Uh, before you know it, it's 7 nothing Vegas. And, and just nobody could believe this. Um, I guess but, another team making uh, kind of a surprise start early on in Colorado. Yeah, Colorado's been around 500, uh, yeah. despite, despite several injuries. And despite uh, that whole Duchesne thing. Which has still got to be a distraction, of course. Yep. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, by the way, I think Philip Grubauer was starting for Washington tonight. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they 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 play some defense in front of him because every one of his starts this year I pretty much have been non-existent defensively for Washington. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But this road trip for Vegas is kind of goofy. Um. They play. They play the Islanders. They play the Rangers. They play Boston. They don't play New Jersey. They come back later to play New Jersey. Yeah, it is kind of an awkward trip. I, I'm, it's kind of my, and the NHL has done this several times, mm-hmm. even with these coast teams. They will play. They'll play a New York team or New Jersey. Then out of the blue, they'll go either Boston or, God forbid, Ottawa, Montreal, and one of the Canadian yep. teams, then come back around. Right. Now, like, for example, New Jersey is going on the Northwest Passage trip, which means they they usually, typically, with the Northwest Passage trip, you face, um, you know, Vancouver and or Edmonton. And what happens is you probably play, you play like a Calgary, and then you come home. Uh, sometimes you get, like, a Minnesota or Nashville along, on the way back. Mm-hmm. I, I know, that's, that does sound, like, really exceedingly goofy, but it, it is true. Yeah. Um, um, last year, even the Bruins, when they were out in California, they had one more stop in Dallas before coming home. 
Mm-hmm. Now, granted, yeah. those were a few days apart. They weren't like, mm-hmm. it wasn't a back-to-back or even a day where they only had one day's rest. They actually had a couple days rest. But it's still an oddball, just like the rest of the NHL scheduling. Oh, and yeah. we will get into that during the course oh, of the season. Oh, just a little. I mean, great example is, um, you know, New Jersey. New Jersey's a classic. They were all six days. They played a back-to-back at home on Friday and Saturday, all three more days, then go out, obviously, to Vancouver. <laughs> it's just like... And it's like... I, I, I was talking to Dennis Gorman and Neil McHale on Saturday night, and we all said the same thing. It's like, this has got to be the goofiest schedule. Almost like... Almost as goofy as what it was post lockout. From post lockout, uh, and you had the Olympic year as well. Yeah, and then the, the first and one. then the two thousand yeah the two thousand ten one was pretty pretty goofy. Um, yeah. So so it was oh six obviously. Uh, and the lockout shortened season. The only benefit was from that, even though teams really had to play a lot of three games in four nights, yeah. is it was an interconference that year. There were no interconference games that year. Yeah. Uh, we have some good news for Pittsburgh fans. Your team has scored. You're still losing 5-1, but at least you have scored. And this is where we would have the breaking news techno music for you, but we are working on our sound bites as we transfer <laughs> some files, and you know how that all goes. <laughs> Like I said, 20 minutes of Washington and Calgary play. Enjoy that one, kids. Um, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. Um, hmm. You know, again, that, that's, that's the kind of thing that we're talking about with, the, with this, this goofy sort of scheduling. Um, hey, Arizona plays a here, – here's, here's another one. Arizona obviously co- goes east, right? They play. They play the Island. They play the. They play both New York teams. Play New Jersey. They play Philly. Okay. You'd think like maybe circle back to Boston or go down to Washington. At eh, Detroit, totally. Detroit on Halloween. I mean, come on. God forbid. God forbid that Arizona loses tomorrow and goes into Detroit at 0-11-1 and plays on Halloween. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't want to look. Uh, but, yeah. And then, finally, I think Arizona goes... goes Ar- and that's their getaway game, too, is on Halloween. Before they, they go back home and they face... Buffalo. Um, I think Ranta could be back, but I the hope is that Ranta is back by then, or at least ready. Uh, who 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 knows at this point? But um, at least NHL dot com was nice enough to give uh, the free game tomorrow to um, Arizona and the Flyers. Hey, I want to watch that game. I'm not going to lie; that could be a lot of fun. I'm looking. It really I'm looking forward to it. Uh, now. If that's if I have power, of course, which could be kind of fifty-fifty, given that it's going to be uh, howling fiercely uh, tonight. 
and early, t- at least early tomorrow. So, eh, we'll see. Should be, by the way, it should be, uh, should be something else. Um, all right, Timmy, time to look at the standings and weep. Or in my case, leap up for uncontrollable joy. This is rare. Um, we figure we'd do this a little bit different every year, uh, this year especially since Montreal is dead last in the Atlantic. And, and part, dead last in the East. No. No. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Even with their game in hand, that is true. Yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. I, I feel shame. Um, but yeah, you're right. Wow, I didn't even see this coming. Um, all right. Let's see. Let's let's see if this works. Now, first things first. Uh, all right. Let's see. Leading the Atlantic Division is still Tampa, although they did lose a game. Oops. <laughs> might might have might have I might have jinxed Tampa last night. To be fair, I'll I'll take the I'll take the quote unquote blame on that one. Um, but it's it, it's interesting because you know you look Tampa's played twelve games. A lot of teams have played 11 or 12 um, in the Atlantic. Boston has only played nine. Yep. Yeah, go figure, huh? Which well, maybe wait till they have to catch up in March when they're essentially playing every other night. Right. But at, le- at least in the sense it might be good for Boston given some of their injuries. It's, it's yep. given players a chance to recover. Um. I think the biggest illustration of that was, uh, per, you know, Patrice Bergeron being able to recover while, you know, having several days off. Um, hey, it, it helps, trust me, especially this time of year. I know, I know so. the schedule gets goofy, but this is a definite case where it, it does not hurt to have a little bit of time off. Um, all right, let's see. Yeah, Toronto. Okay, talk about a goofy Ooh. year so far before yeah. we get to Toronto, Ottawa. Yeah, um, five overtime losses. Yep. Uh, who do they think they are? The the Florida Panthers. Oh, and when, Florida when had like twenty one. The loser point. Yeah, they actually got. They actually won the division based on the loser point. People just can't believe that one, but yep, you could win 35 games and win your di- and win your division. I think mm-hmm. it was well, I think it was 37, but still, you get the idea. Um, they finished with like 95 points and had 21 <laughs> overtime losses. No, that's just something. It's just something else. It's like you know, you sit there and go, "How does the team go 37, 24, and 21 in a year?" And I'm like, "It actually happened." Um, you know, but I mean to be fair, yeah. Ottawa has that the top three teams in that division, Timmy, are averaging right around four goals a game. Yeah. So it's not as if they're I mean look, Toronto's team fun still. 
They they give up goals all over the place. Um, you know, the only teams in the division that have given up more goals are Buffalo and Montreal. Again, surprise, surprise. Um, don't worry, Detroit's getting there. And you give them enough time to, you know, Jimmy Howard gets hurt. Those that 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 goal average will go up um, exponentially. And the Bruins, because they played so few games, have given up the fewest. Yet they're still giving up an average of three goals per game. Right. Um, actually, yeah. You actually look at it. Uh, Ottawa's given up less goals per game, and Tampa Bay's given up only just over two and a half goals a game, which is a little bit of a surprise. But uh, hey, you know, strange but true. I mean, it's kind of been that sort of goofy. Kind kind of year. Um, let's see, Florida. You know, Florida's around 500. Boston's around 500. Detroit's around 500. Um, you know, obviously Montreal is the huge surprise. You know, the they are, well, let's see. Yeah, next to Arizona, the they are the worst. You know, the team with the worst goal differential in the entire league. Worst in the East. At minus 19, which still, I mean, and look, the game last night, I thought in the first, that first period, I thought Montreal started looking like the Montreal from last year. And all it took was one mistake, and Montreal reverted right back to kind of that helter skelter, not knowing when, you know, not knowing and almost being afraid to make mistakes. And yes, they did, they did hold on and win ultimately 5 4. But they blew a three nothing lead. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a it's definitely it, it's a big mess there, um, and it's not going to be corrected anytime soon. No, and we Chris and I were talking about this uh, before the show. We talked about how much crap. Claude Julian had to deal with in Boston and how the roster that he had and whatnot for during the last few years of his career. This is one big turd sandwich, though, when you don't have a top-line center, when you don't have uh, uh, anything resembling a defense, you're essentially asking Carey Price to win you every single game, and now you everyone realizes that he's human. At the same time, no, he is not a Russia-phobe. Not anywhere close to Don Cherry. Really? Yeah. Contrary to popular belief, the real problem in Montreal is guys like Mario Tremblay who don't know when to keep their mouth shut ever. I still don't know how Mario Tremblay even has a job. And for those that don't know the story, Tremblay kind of leaked something out about... um, Alex Galchenyuk having a problem where he had to enroll into the NHL substance abuse program. It's been a tough couple of seasons for Alex Galchenyuk. He was assaulted viciously by his girlfriend, uh, which carries its own um, bag of demons, which I I can't imagine. Look, everyone says, hey, you know, he's a man. He should do this or that. Um, but you know, you're told you're told not to hit a woman ever, and he did just that. And essentially, in Montreal, he was vilified for it, more or less. Um, 
and the fallout from that may have led to his um, subsequent substance abuse problem, but that's supposed to be kept private and confidential uh, with the NHL, and somehow this got out to Lanty Chamber, or they call it the Antichamber, um, the English translation, um, and Mario Tremblay, who gleefully pointed it out practically. I mean, just, there's no excuse for something like this, ever. Um, you know, journalistic ethics aside here, how about humanity? I mean, have a little bit of humanity. I, I understand Montreal is, has its own microscope of a microscope on pl- on the players, coaches, uh, management, etc. That being said, there's absolutely no reason why Mario Tremblay should have a job in Montreal right now, period. And yet, here we are. Exactly. And that's the sad part about it all. I mean, you hear about all these stories and everything, and yet some of these – I mean, look, I've said it before. Rick Tockett somehow is the coach of the Arizona Coyotes. If this was any other sport, he wouldn't be coaching jack shit. I think it wouldn't be just much lar- the much larger picture of the league enabling things. Now, we're not here to point fingers at anyone, but right. there is a problem in this league. And you look at the Tockets, you look at the Tremblays of this world, you look at some of the other coaches around the league, you look uh, uh, and, and you notice this trend. And you notice it with scouts, too, who are on the road constantly. Yeah. Who are who uh, after one day uh, watching games, they want to get to the bar as well. So it's not just uh, physical and mental abuse. It's a, a big issue here is with substance as well. It's easy to get into those things. It really is. Um, it's not hard accesses right right there. And I mean, look, great example. I was I was uh, I was up in Ottawa last year, and one of the biggest cold waves ever to hit Eastern Canada uh, before Christmas. It was ten below a week before Christmas. What is a person to do, other than dress like a Eskimo and go outside? There's really not much. I mean, when it's 10 below and the wind chill is 30-something below, there's not a lot you can do other than sit in the hotel bar and drink a lot. Um, so it is very easy, especially in a in a hockey culture. And it's it doesn't just have to be alcohol. It can yeah. be anything for any reason. And it often is something that gets swept under the rug. All right, let's see. Steer this one back a little bit to the Metro Division. I'm not going to say who's in first. Hey, this is a rare moment for me. I I, I get to gloat yeah. a little bit because probably in a few weeks I won't be able to, and I'll just be like, damn. <laughs> but you know, yeah, right moment. now it's like, yeah, now right now it's like, hey, hey look at that, we leading goal differential too. How, how about this one, Timmy? Yeah, you know, we were mentioning like the blowouts and stuff. 
Pittsburgh right now has a goal differential as of this moment of minus 12. But they're 7-4-1. and one. Now, obviously, they probably will be 7-5-1 and one after tonight, but they're over 500. Despite the, I mean, despite the fact that a, they are three five. They're, they they've lost five games now. Well, barring a miraculous comeback, they'll have lost five games on the road already, um, and survived anti Niemi for a couple of weeks. Pretty crazy. Uh, and just to think that someone actually picked them up on waivers. That's Florida for you. Um, yeah. Oh, it'll be fair. I mean, going to Florida may did. not be bad. Yeah. And they did need a backup, so, I mean, it made sense from their perspective. Just, it did. But statistically, yes, we all know he's been the worst goaltender in the last few years. Yeah, he's been pretty bad. Um, Although he was better, although the funny part is he was better in Dallas at home. Like, yeah. way better. So... Just a lot of oddities there. Um, you know, you go through, um, you know, you look at some of the teams and such. Numbers are very inflated early on in the year. So things things do get amplified and such. Um, you know, Carolina's a 500 team early. Washington's a 500 team early. Mostly because, it, I mean, look, Washington's given up 39 goals in 11 games. That is a surprise. Yes, I understand Matt Niskan has been out for about a week or so, and that really has impact. I mean, look, Washington got spanked a couple times along the way. Um, they had that fire start where Ovechkin seemingly scored on everything, or, or it felt like it. Um, Ovechkin had, what, seven points in the first two games? Seven goals, yeah. Seven goals and seven points. You know, obviously seven points. And, you know, at one point... Uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov assisted on Ovechkin's first eight goal. I mean, that's just mind-blowing number. Um, but you look at the division right now, and it is every bit as tough as what people thought. But you know, it's a wide-open division right now. It really is. There's really no clear-cut. Um, no, no one's going to pull away ten games into the season. But the fact that the Rangers of all teams are three seven and two, and the Rangers are scoring goals, they're, I mean it's not as if they're not. I mean they they are averaging. Let's see by my math, da, 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 add the one carry. They are averaging two point eight three goals a game. But they're also they've also allowed forty three goals in twelve games. Including that's five, nearly, five last night. Yeah, that's three and a um, half. Three and a half, close yeah. to four. Yeah. You know, I mean, so that's a that's a and and worse. They're under five hundred at home again. They haven't won a road game yet. And they've only played three on the road. Yeah. I, I, again, it's one of those cases where really. If if you if you look at it, Timmy, it's the typical Rangers October schedule where it's kind of handed to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've had some tougher teams than usual at home, to be fair. Um, but if you look, 
And one of the big, bigger strengths for the Rangers last year was their record against the Eastern Conference. I know it's only seven games. But the fact that they're 1-4-2 and two against the East is significant considering the fact that every other team in the division, Timmy, in the East is at or over 500. And you have a lot of teams that are doing really well against the East, like Columbus, Pittsburgh, and New Jersey, who have played most, you know, I mean, New Jersey's played seven games against the East already. And and, and then fared, you have a team, well. yes, I know I'm getting to Bruins again, but then you have a team like the Bruins who will be playing mm-hmm. their second and last game of the month against the East tomorrow. That's true. That's absolutely, that's absolutely true. Um, the one, the one caveat with the with the Rangers, obviously, is um, you know there are some reports that Elaine Vigneault is very, very much on the hot seat and could be fired any time now. And yeah, since he was going to be on the hot seat this year, but yeah, I think he's the first to go. I really do. Yeah. God, there's a part of me that has talk it. I really do. I, I don't know why. Um, I, I do think really. I really. There's a. There's just this little part of me that thinks Vigneault survives. I, I know people want his dismissal so badly, and that may. Yeah, that may be even more of a reason for Jeff Gort, Gort, Gorton to sit there and go. Well, you know what? Maybe it is the players more than anything else. Well, yeah, it's the players because partly because of the coach and partly because of the players. Um, but if your team is line-blended that much, and all all your coach does is, is chew gum and stumble over every word nearly, it's it's yeah. a huge problem. Um, he does, he, he, I think he looks resigned to the fact that he, he this, uh, it's only a matter of time now, just looking by his face, facial expressions there. Yeah, somebody did Every hint time that. there's a goal goes against, and they cut to him on the bench. All he does is just stand, sit there, do nothing, not get it upset, yeah. not say, okay, here's a next line, get out there, get the goal back, or anything like that. He's doing nothing. Yeah, it is pretty bad. Um, uh, quite a few people have noticed that. Uh, Ian Fleming, who, <laughs> uh, good luck to him, by the way, uh, Ian took a job with the uh, MLS San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, he's doing, I think he's doing uh, statistical uh, analysis for them. Um, obviously, you know, he has the voodoo save, um, you know, voodoo um, goalie uh, aggregator for advanced statistics. And one of the things he, he said the other night to a small group of us that were on Twitter was, no, nobody should be immensely surprised by this, but no one could have predicted that the Rangers would have had this bad of an October. He thought it was going to be later in the season when they started to they started to fall not a little like a ton in the standings, but play more like this. So. You know, it's inter- it's interesting to see how some of these early trends, and if they'll reverse themselves at some point. Um, God, I can't wait till November. November is going to tell us a lot uh, about many of these teams, including St. Louis, Timmy. 
Can you believe St. Louis and L.A. are leading the freaking Western Conference right now? No. It's pretty crazy. Uh, obviously, Vegas points per game-wise is um, right up there. But still, that's pretty crazy. There's a lot of nutty numbers here. Uh, Colorado's 6-5. and five. Four and one, at home, including four and one at home. Um, God, you look, you look at the the Central Division, for example. Everybody's right around five hundred, except for St. Louis. Everybody, it's tightly packed. Even the goal differentials, except for except for Winnipeg, although that's going to change tonight too. They're probably going to be right around minus two or minus three. But it's pretty crazy to think that, you know, that's a lot. I mean, look, probably the biggest surprise and maybe not the biggest surprise is Nashville struggling as much as they they have out of the gate. I mean, yes, yeah, Nashville's 5-4-2, and two, but <laughs> they got beat pretty soundly last night by the Islanders. And that third period, I mean, John Tavares had three goals in seven and a half minutes. Could have had a fourth if um, Anders Lee had not gone offside. I mean, Tavares was streaking wide open. He probably would have scored there, too. Uh, yes, Nashville was playing UC Soros in that, but it really wasn't his fault. For some reason this year, unlike last year, Nashville, it's, when Soros has started, they've just they just completely hung them out to dry. And obviously Chicago's had that problem too. Chicago got clubbed last night uh, by, by Colorado. At one point in that game, Chicago was down 5 nothing. Uh, I, I love one of the articles coming out from one of the Blackhawk beat writers saying that this, the Blackhawks need to play with more heart and grit to get through this, this quote-unquote slump that they're, they're going through right now. They've lost three straight. Uh, it, it's kind of amusing. Um, you know, you, you look at the teams in the division, Minnesota's treading water until Parisi gets back, um, et cetera. You know, it's kind of has that feel like we're, the Central is going to kind of be, I hate to say it to me, it's St. Louis's division right now, probably until the second half of the year. It it really has that look. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, St. Louis is, does benefit a little bit by having a somewhat "quote unquote" easier schedule, especially as November comes, because people don't realize this. St. Louis opened with eight of their first twelve games on the road. They've only played four games at home, where they've been outstanding this year. You know, goal differential, et cetera, whatever. Um, but it's kind of it's kind of strange when you look at this. You look at L.A. and St. Louis; they've been as good on the road as they have been at home. Um, and and Los Angeles, if I remember this right, has only given up 1.82 goals a game all year. 
Only team in the league that's giving up less than two goals a game, Timmy. Vegas is actually close, which is still a mind-blowing number. The fact that an expansion team has only given up 19 goals in nine games. Uh, but but you look, LA's goal differential plus 18. Vegas is plus 15. Okay, to be fair, yes, Vegas did blow out Colorado 7 nothing, which might have inflated this number a little bit. And also the fact that, oh, I don't know, uh, Vegas has played seven of their first nine at home. And they also, well, let's say, Timmy, their two road games, Arizona and, yeah. So, mm-hmm. really, if you think about it, they've been in the same general area all season. And now they're heading east. Now they're heading east. So, reality should set in. At least a little bit, I, I, I would think. Um, but, you know, you look at them. They've won five straight. LA's won three straight. Here we go. Freaking Vancouver, which is about as dull as a board, but yet Vancouver has somehow managed to win six games. They're 6-3-1. and one. Um, They're scoring at three goals a game. They're finding ways to win. And it's been a little dicey at home for them, to say the least. But they've won four. They went. They went on the road and won four out of five. They're, they're, they only really have had one road trip. That was the five-game road trip. They played pretty well. The Sedin's wins haven't done much. It's mostly been the Bo Horvat line. Uh, Brock Bozer. Brock Bozer is definitely staying. I would hope. Okay, he is. Uh, Bozer's been on fire. Um, Anders Nielsen has been a nice backup to Jacob Markstrom. As a matter of fact, I think Nielsen has two shutouts as well, which leads the league. It, it's it's just absolutely goofy with some of the things that... And get this. Derek Dorsett is second on the team in points, and he's their winning goal scorer. I have no words. I have no, no words. Nope. He's still giving you the average um, penalty million. Penalty million, yeah, 44 right and, now. Yeah, and that's what I drafted him for in like deeper fantasy leagues was just for the penalty minutes. Because some, for better or worse, some commissioners still have that as a category. So I figured, well, I'm going to get penalty minutes out of him. So why not? You know, the fact that he had like five or six points in a three-game stretch was just a bonus. Um you know, and you, you go through the like the rest of the Pacific, and it's like Anaheim's right there, despite just being banged up all over the place. Um, San Jose is te- you know teetering right there, 500. Calgary is right around 500. Although oddly enough, Calgary has been god awful at home. So is well, so is San Jose at times. Um, but it's kind of goofy. San Jose's two and three at home. They could have been one and four. Uh, if not, you know, if they if they hadn't gotten a little bit lucky with that Buffalo game. Um, Calgary is one and four. Edmonton is two and four at home, including the fact that they've scored only twenty two goals on the entire season so far. I know it's young, but a McDavid team. I you know a Connor McDavid team scoring 22 goals in 10 games is 
odd, yeah, very. to say the least. Um, you know, they've been they've been giving up. David goals. is doing this part. He's averaging a point per game. He is. Yeah, but you know, he's on a he's on about an eighty two to eighty six point pace, which is not ideal for. Not Conor ideal, McDavid. but when you average a point per game in today's NHL, especially, you're still doing <laughs> something right. Exactly. Um, you know, but Leon Drysidel uh, seven points in six games, one point one seven. Yeah, getting Drysidel back is big. Um, but they, they, oh god, they need secondary scoring in the absolute worst way. And Ryan Strom so far has just not been the answer, and you thought he would be. Uh, you figured the change of scenery would do something that's actually made him worse. Um, uh, you just look at them defensively, and not. Not having, um, you know, Andres Sequeira is hurt a lot. Um, people realize that, gee, Adam Larson is probably an average to maybe slightly above average defenseman with little offensive upside. Yep. And I think he was when, traded for Chris Taylor. Russell, when Chris Russell, I know he can oh. put up some offensive stats, but... Uh, from time to time. But when he's your leading point producer on the blue line, that's troubling. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, And then Arizona, well, yeah. Clayton, Clayton Keller. Clayton Keller, who's been on absolute fire, um, you know, and obviously Mac Domi's been a big part of that. Uh, he's, been, you know, that that whole entire first line has been the only reason why Arizona hasn't been even worse. Um, but team defense is abysmal. Goaltending has been otherworldly bad. Um, Arizona's given up 48 goals in 11 games, which is almost 4.4 goals per game allowed. Yeah. There, there's bad. Louis there's bad. Dominique is just not an NHL goalie. He might barely even be an NHL goalie, if that. Yeah. yeah Aiden Hill. Uh, it's hard to blame everything on him because his defense is so bad. But Yeah. I, I don't know what's wrong with Oliver ekman Larson, but it's like, Something happened last year, and he just hasn't been right ever since. No. Um, and nobody really knows what it is. I mean, last year we we knew there was a hand injury of some sort, and it hampered him all year. But now it's just I, – I, I'm guessing it's almost mental at this point. Um, you know, you have a new coaching staff. You have a new coaching regime. You have several new players. Uh it wasn't as if Arizona made a lot of bad moves in the offseason. They actually made quite a few good ones. And for it to start this poorly, I mean, you do kind of have to look at the coaching and wonder. It's like, hmm. Um, well, the fact that John McLean is a, is an assistant coach somewhere scares the living daylights out of me. Um, he's a nice guy. He's a good AHL coach. But... We saw in New Jersey saw it in New Jersey firsthand, Timmy. He could not handle an NHL team nope. at all. Um, and when he was an assistant in New Jersey, he was definitely eased in very much. Um, 
and the, you know, and and that was a pretty experienced New Jersey team to a point. I mean, yeah, they weren't the greatest. They were on the tail end of, you know, of things, so to speak. But that went about as poorly as humanly it could have. And this is kind of the same thing in Arizona. Everything that could have gone wrong has. Um, it, it's tough. There, there's there's no question about it. Um, wow. I mean, there's really not much you can say there that hasn't been said already about them, uh, sadly. And I don't know if it's going to get any better there. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they're going to win a game soon. But, I mean, we have to take baby steps somewhere with this right. team. Yeah, I just, I just don't know um, how it's going to go with them. I really don't. Um, all right, a few more things here before we head off exit stage left, maybe right. Depend. Yeah, it depends on you know. Your, your beck and call and how, how you want this to go. Um, scoring leaders, ladies and gentlemen. So, Timmy, uh, the decline of Alexander Ovechkin is still premature, at least. At least, at least for now. Um, you know, some interesting numbers early on. Some kind of goofy numbers, too. Um, obviously, John Tavares has 10 points in his last four games. He only had three in his first seven. Oh, he's 13. Um, the whole contract thing might actually be um, benefiting him right now. Oh, I would say so, considering the shooting percentage is just outrageous. Um, you know, 27.3% now. Um, you know, Kucherov and Stamco started the year with 11-game scoring streak. They didn't score the other night, either one of them. But they do lead the league combined. Combined, the two of them have 40 points already. On 16 goals and 24 assists. Yeah, that's that's pretty pretty awesome to say the least. Um, you know, you, and you look at you look at the power play numbers. Even Stamkos has nine power play points. Kucherov has eight. Mm-hmm. Wow. And and that's both the top the league as well. So it's yeah. 17. Uh, 17 power okay. play of their 40 points have come from a power play. Not surprised. Uh, nope. That power play is one fearsome, nasty beast uh, when it gets going. And, and so far this year, it's been it's been something else. Uh, Kucherov, I believe, also leads the league in game-winning goals with three. So, again, these are a lot of these are early. It's early. It's actually, early. Um, yeah, actually, no, wait a minute. No, right? somebody has four. Yeah, two of four. Damn. And I saw one real fast, but yeah, damn. Brandon right. Sod and Wade Simmons. Oh, screw Brandon Sod. <laughs> God damn it, really. I keep forgetting that that hat trick that was a that hat trick game was a, he had a game winner as well. Um but but you're right. Eh, minor details. But yeah, I mean look, you know, you go up and down and you through and it's like, all right, Matthews has fifteen points. Schwartz has fifteen points. God if he can stay healthy. Um you know, because Netsov and Ovechkin have 15, Borchek has 16. Uh, you wonder wonder what the injury to Goss there, if it's longer term, does to that top Philly line, because they were the, between the top line 
and gossip there. They were really in sync, um, especially at even strength. And obviously, the power play, they're dangerous already. But, you know, you combine the two, and it's just like, okay, this is, this is definitely something good. Um, you know, look at some of the goaltenders right now. Again, it's early. You can't put too much stock into things. Um, you know, but guys like Crawford, Vasilevsky's Vasilevsky's been on fire. He's won nine to ten starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Quick has been doing very well. Yeah. Here's something funny, though. Now, people, people got on Quick a little bit because, yeah, there's times where, let's be honest, Timmy, he'll face 22 or 23 shots in a game. Mm-hmm. He's facing an average of 32 shots a game this year. And he's 7-1-1, one, one. so I guess we can lay off him a little bit, right? Yeah. At least, at least a tiny bit. Um, you know, Pekka Rene's been very good this year, the start. Yes, I said Pekka Rene has been good in October. You know, a lot, a lot of the usual suspects. Pekka's been really good. Bobrovsky's been, been excellent. Um, Rene's been very good. Yeah, there's been surprises like the, you know, insert Vegas goalie here. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury has, has played played well, you know, played well up until his injury, but, you know, it's just kind of goofy that it's been, no matter who's been in net for Vegas so far, they've been darn well incredible. And then you look at the bottom of, the, of this list, Timmy, and you start finding some of the surprises and duds and go, ow, ow. Um, Steve Mason, by the way, ow, ow, ow. Are we really ow, surprised ow. by that, though? No, 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 no. You're 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 right, but still, ow. To actually think Winnipeg could improve their goaltending with Steve Mason? Uh, nope. Connor Hellbuck, uh, on the other hand? Doing fairly well. It's been pretty good. Exactly. Uh, Obviously, the biggest surprise being on this bottom page is, of course, Carey Price. That's that's just something else. Um, You know, Price, 8.83 save percentage, 3.64 goals against, 3.6-1 record. Look. Looked really good for about a period and a half last night, and then just you know, went once like I said, once that first goal went in, he just looked like looked scatterbrained almost to me. Yep. I mean, I've seen I've seen that look before, unfortunately, and like you know, early in his career, he had that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and part and part of that, honestly, is just the simple fact that sheesh, um, you know. Hey, goaltenders go th- through this, you know, and part of it is the team and part of it is him. You know, the team starts giving up goals and you kind of sit there and go, oh, oh, God, this is a problem. And the goals just start bleeding through. Uh, you look at some of the guys here. All right. I mean, a lot of guys on this list, Timmy, that you would not expect to have a goals against of over three in October, Dubnik, Talbot, Lundqvist, and Schneider. 
All the goals against over three. Now Snyder has won five games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to be to be fair, Snyder was excellent in net last night against Arizona. He had to make thirty-five saves. Um, the one goal, I don't know what Nico Hishier was thinking, and I still don't know what he was thinking. But Clayton Keller picked off his pocket so cleanly. I, I thought it was. I saw. I thought I saw the Calder Trophy just like being snatched away. <laughs> I really did. That's how. That's how what? clean of a pickpocket it was. It's just like, and it was gone. Um, but you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of goofy year it's been. Um, you know, also the fact that amusingly. Uh, Corey Schneider is, is, has won a shootout already this year, which is scary in itself. Um, it, it's been that kind of year. But, you know, you look, like I said, you know, Lundqvist has a 900 save percentage. He has a 3.11 goals against. He's 2-4-2 two, and two on the year. And he's, and the funny, the funny thing with Lundqvist is, to be fair, he's only facing a little over 28 shots a game. Which you know depends on you know team philosophy you know team philosophy and shots and where they're allowed and all that fun stuff, but it hasn't been it hasn't been easy on them. And you know the other one obviously on the list that may surprise a couple of people, but not really, uh, Frederick Anderson, who got off to the same sort of start last October and fared pretty decently for Toronto when all, when all was said and done. So. Some of these things you don't put too much stock into, but again, it is October, Timmy. It is October. Yes. The last thing we're getting into tonight before we leave, ladies and gentlemen, rookie scoring leaders. Ready for this one, Timmy? This should be lots of fun. Very much so. What will the NHL.com site do to me now? <laughs> How bad will this be? Um, Oscar Dance leads the way in all goaltending categories. Uh, I, I give up. Um, I give up. All right. To, to be fair, uh, be perfectly honest. Yeah. It, it's. Now, there's not a lot of rookie goaltenders in the league. Only six have made a start. Right. So there's not much of a curve when, you know, you look at, you know, because Lauren Brassad is still technically a rookie, mm-hmm. et cetera. You, know, you have basically the likes of Malkin Supan. Oh, Supan looked pretty good in his three starts before he got hurt. Um, or I should say three games. You know, Aiden Hill is a nice story, but again, probably not an NHL caliber goaltender. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to see. Um, damn. Now let's go to the offensive side of things. I think that's going to be a little better. This this looks this looks better immediately. Uh, Adrian Kemp of the LA Kings is second in goals with six. 
But the person that basically leads the major categories so far, aside from plus minus, is, of course, Clayton Keller of the Arizona Coyotes, who has eight goals and 12 points on the season. Um, Timmy, I had Keller in my top... Shoot. So entrenched in my top three for Calder picks for the Mm -hmm. year that he he can't leave it even if he has a bad month. No. Um, he's He's been that good. There's been a lot of surprises. Um, Nico Hishier does not lead the Devils among among rookies in points. Actually, there's two players better than him. Uh, one is obviously Will Butcher, who has 11 assists. And they said he would slow down. So far, I mean, he's going to eventually, but um, he, he makes the Devils' power play Pretty damn good. I mean, it was already a pretty good power play, but it makes it even better. And I loved this kid when he was drafted in the sixth round a couple seasons ago. And Actually, he probably has the best name on the Devils. Oh, oh I mean, look, as, as far as as far as far pests go, yeah, there's no better agitator and pest than Claude Lemieux. Okay, maybe Esotikinen is up there, but... When your name is Jesper Bratt, I mean, what a name. What a yes. hockey name. Yes. Um, God, you know what, Jesper Bratt, you're going to get your day. He has 10, he has 10 points. He's, fourth in the, he's tied for third in the league in rookie scoring. There's four goals, six assists. Um, he's been incredible on New Jersey's penalty kill, which has been heavily tested. I and think combined at, special teams points, he has to be at the top, right? Yeah, he's he's up there. Um, obviously, you know, Will Butcher has yep. you know, all the all the assists, uh, but still, you know, there's a lot of nice there's a lot of nice stories. Obviously, Mikhail Sergachev has ten points on the year. Um, what were the Habs drawing with that trade? What were they drawing? Uh, I I don't know what they were drawing. They, they were so ch- they were so not chilling. Um, we're not not even gelling. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty pretty rough there. But you know, you you look at some of the numbers. Um, you know, Rock Bozer, like we said, has has seven assists. He's up nearly, you know, rookie lead in points. He's looked very good. I think I think going forward, he could be the one that's maybe challenges Keller or um. You know, the point league among rookies. I know I know Nico Hushier has had some god awful luck. I gotta think he's going to bounce back at some point. But playing with Taylor Hall never hurts. So no. But yeah, the the rookie the rookie scoring race is the rookie the Calder race is going to be a lot of fun this year. It really is. I do hope Sergachev can keep this up, Timmy. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It kind of reminds uh, me of the race two years ago. And that was even with an injured Connor McDavid, and yet he still finished in the top five, I believe. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he had what forty-five points, and he had what forty-five. Yeah, four. I think it was like right around forty-five and forty-five. Um, but you're right. Amazingly, forty-eight points, forty-five games he had. Yep. Yeah, and, and hey, I was close. You know, I, I'm. I'm I, I didn't cheat. I did not use the uh, 
It did not use the medieval cheating device uh, for that for that one at least. No. Uh, you know, got, well, even like last said, year, everyone knew Matthews was going to win, but you still had some quality rookies. You had Lana, you had Morinsky, you had you know, uh, Marner, Nylander, Sebastian Ajo. I mean, you know, had uh, uh, essentially eight guys with at least 40 points. That's pretty good oh, for a rookie class. Uh, oh, by by the way, Winnipeg has added, has scored the touchdown and added the Rouge. They've added the rouge. It's seven one. <laughs> they they got they got bored um, and added a couple more goals. Um, if if you're if you're wondering, you know, it's it's been it's been, it's been a pretty busy old time. Um, sheesh. It is fun to see like the new. Before yeah. we get into humiliating Pittsburgh a little more, the Knicks Aww. beat the Cavaliers. Oh, come on, Timmy. The, yeah. Knicks, the Knicks out of all teams beat the Cavaliers. Uh, you know, the Nets beat them too. Yes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, by the way, I did want to congratulate uh, Claude. It's funny we mentioned Claude Lemieux, Timmy. Yep. And right about as I mentioned Claude Lemieux, about a couple minutes before, his son Brendan Lemieux scored his first well, his first goal of the season. And that but, is definitely worth the round of applause. That is definitely worth a round of applause. Uh, obviously, Mer- Matt Murray had been pulled early, um, and the the Smith kid <laughs> who has replaced Anti Niemi has has uh, seen the net and is in just enjoying the rest of this game so much. Um, mercifully, mercifully, by the way, there is only five and a half minutes left in this game. The funny part in this is this. Winnipeg only has 20 shots on goal, Timmy. So we might be close to having the worst save percentage in the history of a single game. No, 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 no. Not never, that bad. Never. Not that bad. But still bad. And enough. the Penguins only have nineteen. Um Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just just a little Yeah. Bit. But I mean that's that that is actually the kind of night it's been. So Casey DeSmith and Matt Murray in that tonight. Casey DeSmith, 727 save percentage, 556 for Matt Murray. Ow. Ow. Yeah, not that anyone was going to play Murray in your fantasy leagues tonight, but you, in case you do, did, that's just bad. Yeah, we, we apologize in advance for your fantasy team's unfortunate demise tonight. Um... And also the fact that it was just that bad. Um, at, at least, at, at least there wasn't a Blake Wheeler's pants trick sighting. Nope. Um, there was a. It's funny because the the. And when, by the way, she, you would think when, Patrick yeah. Lane would have had a, something to do with this. He, he doesn't have a single point tonight. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Uh, by the way, just some other. Non-hockey-related notes. The Dodgers are up 3 nothing in the fourth against the Astros. 
And the Capitals and Flames, uh, we'll get back to you. Scoreless uh, with about seven minutes left in the first period. So, um, all in all, ladies and gentlemen, uh, show should be up in a couple hours on that wonderful thing called iTunes. Um, like I said, it's kind of an inverted, it's kind of a goofy inverted week with tomorrow having eight games, Halloween only being three games. Wednesday, usually a quiet night, has five games, including three late ones. Timmy, this whole staying up late thing's going to suck. Uh, <laughs> just letting you know. It's <laughs> not going to like this. It's not that I don't already. It's just it's different when you're watching your team. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, it usually happens three times a year, at least, or for three different trips anyway. Yeah, I know. It's something. I think it's something that you just never quite get fully used to, no matter no matter what. Even though we we incessantly try. Uh, again, uh, we'll be we'll be back next Sunday. Uh, sheesh. So next Sunday it'll be two days before those medieval elections. Or in my, in my state's case, choosing a governor from two really god awful choices that need to both be shot into the sun. Um, um, so, how how yeah. much has the mob contributed to this um, to those campaigns? And which Probably mob is in the forefront? That's an excellent question. Um, sheesh. Well, let's see. There's the NJEA in one corner and. <laughs> That's its that's its own mob. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely going to be some something else. And like like I said to people, um, I want to thank personally the you know a lot of the people that helped uh, during during Sandy. Uh, New Jersey was kind of the forgotten state by a certain administration, but um, and and not the big not the big guy, the other guy. Um, and, and FEMA. Um, not a secret. Everybody knows it. Just kind of a fact. Um, and I want to thank the New Jersey Devils, especially for helping out a lot behind the scenes. Uh, it, it is something that was forgotten by many, just how much the Devils helped. Uh, with recovery efforts and everything else, and it helped people that I knew personally uh, get back on their feet, mostly in an anonymous cap- capacity. Uh, Devils owners are as much maligned as they are, and yes, I know they own a basketball team in Philly. I understand that, um, but they did they did do not only right by New Jersey, they did more than right, and it's. It's much appreciated. It's amazing. It's amazing to see a lot of the work that's been done five years later. Um, you know, obviously the 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 Jersey the Jersey Shore took another huge hit when they had the Seaside Heights fire, um, but they came back from that even. And yeah, it's. It's still sometimes a three to four hour trip of death in the summer to get down the shore, Timmy, and it should only take an hour and fifteen minutes. Mm, so but, 
Well, some bad isn't new. I mean, if yeah, you hit traffic you get, you on get, a bad day, on a weekend you get used day. To it. Yeah. Um, ask, ask, ask Timmy about my, my trips to Boston sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, goddamn traffic everywhere. Where's the freaking traffic coming from? It's like not even not even like a major like weekend holiday or something. It's like freaking just people just rubbernecking everywhere. Uh, but honestly, uh, a, a lot has changed. People often sit there and go, "Okay, well, you know, it's this strong and that strong and everything else strong." There'll only be one Jersey strong. We were the first. People seem to always forget that. Um, you know, no matter what what happens and, and such. Um, you know, when basically part of an entire major artery is blown off the map, uh, like like Route 35 was down in Seaside, Temi is literally blown off the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't exist. There was like a two-block stretch. It didn't. It, the road didn't exist. It was washed away completely. And they were able to close that in a week and make the road passable, despite everything and against all odds. Uh, this this state fought back. And it's kind of weird that tonight, you know, we're getting buffeted by some pretty heavy rain, rain and wind. Although it's more wind right now than rain, I don't hear the I don't hear the rain pouring down quite as hard for like the first time in sheesh, probably a good five six hours, Timmy. It's probably been it's probably been raining close to a half inch to an inch an hour for the past six hours. Yeah, so. and it's probably coming this way. So thanks oh, again. Oh, oh yeah, that's oh yeah, that sucker's coming right up the right up right up I ninety five. Um. You know, the good news, at least here, is the rain is going to end soon. Um, at least there'll be a there'll be a little bit of rain uh, for the next couple hours and some heavy wind, and then basically what kind of happens tomorrow is the wind shifts and then it just starts howling uh, in in the afternoon. The funny part is we're going to get a period actually for a couple hours tonight where it might clear briefly. And then the clouds are going to, you know, whip back in from the other side, and we'll get a little tiny bit more rain. But man, kind of glad that this is not like a sandy, re, you know, redo. It's bad enough, you know, that we've had some forty mile per hour wind gusts, and it feels a little bit like it did during like Irene and and Sandy. But there's no major damage or anything. Yeah, there's some flood flooded areas. But it's nowhere near near what we saw. I mean, I couldn't even I couldn't even walk like a block without seeing just a complete you know complete disaster all over the place uh, five years ago. Um, Timmy knows I was sitting I was actually sitting in my I was actually sitting in my rec room. Um, yep. Five years ago, no power. Our power our power actually had gone out at noon, and then it went out at three for good. Uh, I was actually in the middle of cooking two big, huge trays of of baked ziti, Timmy. The the oven just finished like a minute before. It was beeping, and then the power went out. 
That was it. So at least you got to have your ZD and food and coffee. Yeah, I got to have the ZD. I was able to shove it in the refrigerator and keep the refrigerator shut. The refrigerator was ice cold. So thankfully, what I did was I put it in the freezer so that it would at least stay cold enough. And you just hope, basically, that the power would come back on. Um, but, you know, the thing that people often don't realize, this part of New Jersey only got like two to three inches of rain from Sandy. It's kind of kind of goofy. Nobody really believes it. We didn't really get that much rain. It was It was all about like just these uncontrollable wind gusts. That would just come. It, it felt like they would come out of no, almost nowhere. Um, you know, you get a couple sustained winds. It was like 50, 55 miles per hour, and yeah, that's pretty bad. You know, it's it's pretty fierce. But you all of a sudden you get a hundred and two mile per hour wind gust out of nowhere. Um, my next door neighbor had a uh, had a basketball hoop. You know, one of those ones that's, like, weighed by a couple hundred pounds of water and sand. Mm-hmm. It blew over at, like, 5 a.m. It survived the whole storm, pretty much. And the last gasp of Sandy blew through, like, about 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning. I mean, there were some gusty winds, you know, the rest, the rest of the day uh, on and off. For, you know, anytime there was, like, a couple showers, it would get a little squally. But... There was just like this one gasp, and all of a sudden you just heard this god-awful thud. And it was actually the the hoop, the basketball hoop keeling right over, hitting the ground. It came like six inches from my next-door neighbor's brand-new brand, brand new car um, at the time. And yeah. the thing is, he probably didn't even have a garage or someplace to put it. No, because he has a, he has a big pool table. And yeah, yeah, the entertainment room. In the garage, so yeah, no place to put it. Um, but you know that that was the kind of thing, and that that actually was the kind of damage that you saw throughout New Jersey. You could you could see where like just there was just all of a sudden like in spots there were spots where it wasn't that bad, and then you go into parts of towns where it was just like oh, oh okay this is this is pretty ugly, and then obviously closer to the water you saw all the all the uh, coastal damage. Um, you know, when you have storm surge 12 to 17 feet in an area that normally doesn't see that, um, like, yeah, you might see five, six, seven feet every so often during a really strong nor'easter. Um, but this was different. This was like a tidy bowl that ran around Long Island Sound and whooshed right out Raritan Bay. And, yeah, it's, it's something else to see how much uh, thing, things have recovered, and yeah, there's still there's still a long ways to go in learning about how these storms form and what they do, and and what we can do as a whole to um, prevent you know coastal beach erosion, et cetera. Other than not living that close to the water, um, but you know, something something that we wanted to do tonight that was a little bit different. It, it may it's appropriate on on the fifth anniversary considering we were talking about hockey uh poetically enough um as as the sto- the two couple days before the storm hit um 
Actually, it was actually the night before. We were on with Josh Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the um, walkout talk. Exciting walkout talk. Oh, I know. I know. I always I always laugh about that because we, you know, we pretty much kept still we're doing a show each week, and we couldn't do it the next week because literally I had no had no idea if my internet would stay on for five or ten minutes, uh, let alone an hour to hour and a half, uh, and. A lot of us were fortunate. The place where I live is right next to a main artery, St. George Avenue, Route 27, you know, in New Jersey, which is a pretty vital artery uh, going from Elizabeth all the way down to Trenton, actually. And because our power, our power grid was attached to St. George Avenue, our power was on within a, you know, we were out 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 for about thirty hours, which isn't bad. Um, there were parts of Rawway that were at, without power for three to four weeks. The downtown area was out for almost a week. Downtown. So, for example, where New Jersey Transit was, that was all backup power, and believe me, very limited at that. Uh, around, around, say, the train station. It was all generator power at, at that point and backup, whatever they could muster. And it really brought things in, into, into perspective. So, yeah, are, are we ready for another one of those? Probably a little more now than we were five years ago. And a lot of that has to do with the storms that have come since then. Harvey, Ir- Irma, you know, Maria, even, et cetera, you know, through the Caribbean, et cetera, et cetera. Um, can you be perfectly prepared for these things? But hopefully at least there's a lot more awareness than than there was. And Sandy changed a lot of things. You know, between, actually between Irene and Sandy. Uh, changed a lot of things, particularly in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, tri-state area, uh, as far as uh, what these storms could do. So, you know, again, you know, it's only for for me for me, Timmy, it's only a couple more hours, and then there's actually a good calm period until uh, early, early tomorrow morning. Uh, for you, it's uh. Well, it's it, it's it's literally shipping up to Boston. Um, yep. Because right right now the low is actually right off the Jersey Shore. <laughs> and there's been some reports of damages in New England already, more of the southern New England area, but it's going yeah. this way. You know, probably I don't think we'll get too much in our uh, where I live, but we yeah. could. Uh, but we could get a little bit of something. I don't think power is going to be lost or anything. Maybe a couple branches. That's about it. Yeah, because we're in like pretty much what would be called like the dry slot now, almost. Yep. Uh, but no, you're you're in that area that we were in a few hours ago. So we're we're about to be. So it'll. Like I said to people, it's like yeah, we you know we sometimes don't just talk about hockey. And, and you know our fantasy teams are the injury ninja or you know what what's going on and such but um 
you know, hopefully not not too bad. I don't expe- I don't expect it to be. And uh, you know, everybody's everybody just stays a little safe out there. Don't drive out there. Uh, by by any means, it, it is a little bit dangerous. I even I went out early this afternoon and it was getting bad. Um, you know, get get the classic bread and bread, milk and eggs. <laughs> it's like oh, I got to pick up these things. Um, thankfully, it wasn't. You know, the store stores weren't too too nuts. Um, but you know, it's kind of it's gonna be a it's gonna be a crazy year, and you know, obviously an even crazier hockey season. It, it, it's hard it's hard to believe that we're only through October, Timmy. Only one month in. Yeah, not not even not even a month. Just you know, a little you know, it's like thanks to the thanks to this sort of staggered weird schedule that that we we've seen with teams on. They're quasi buy without being on a bye week. Um, yeah, and no World Cup this year or Olympics. I mean, that's the only good thing about not going to the Olympics is you have a relatively um, a re- relatively non condensed schedule. Yeah, you're absolutely. Yeah, you're right. I mean, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. Obviously, obviously, there's the women's hockey in the Olympics, which I'm highly looking forward to. Um, and I am kind of looking forward to the men's only because at least we're not going to be choked to death by watching Mike Babcock coach Canada team. Yeah. And I, and I said this to somebody, I was like, the irony of a Toronto team calling Ottawa boring, when if you watch the two Sochi Olympics at all, you want to go to sleep when you watch Team Canada play. So especially, especially got the, the job done. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it really. did. Oh, it did. There's no question. I mean, it was extremely effective, but my God, uh, just you know, it's like you can't call the uh, it's like pot calling the kettle black, literally. But hey, it worked. They won a gold medal. They won it con- pretty convincingly when you think about it. Um, so again, everybody listening out there, have a happy and safe Halloween. We will see you on the other side, known as November. And until next week, for Timmy and Chris, Timmy always has the last word. Aloha.